Good morning and welcome back to our series, A Walk of Faith, especially in these uncertain times that we're going through lately. And I hope you've been blessed so far. So far we've talked about faith, we talked about Abel and how to worship God properly through Abel's sacrifice. And we talked about Enoch and how we can walk with God in terms of relationship. And today we're going to jump to another guy called Noah. And Noah also walked with God, as we can see in the Bible. And we're just going to see what we can learn from Noah today. As we've learned so far, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So that's what we've learned so far. And the, the author of Hebrews is calling for different witnesses. And today we call for a witness called Noah. And we find this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, when we read, it says, By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. And so we've learned many stories about Noah, and Noah is well, well known for the ark and building the ark and the animals going into the ark two by two. And that's why we just want to jump back to Genesis also to find out, so what is the order really want to tell us other than just an ark? other than just animals that's being saved, because there's so much in the story, and I've learned so much more things this week as I read the story in Genesis over and over again, and the Lord started speaking to me new things about Noah, and also, I've learned something else as well as I've been reading the story. I've learned more about God, more about His character as a father, and more about His love towards mankind. Because often when you read the story, you, you think like, man, here's this angry God where people walked away from Him and He just decided to destroy the world. But this story goes so much deeper than an angry God that we can look at that flooded the world. So let's have a look at what's happening in Genesis chapter 6. So I'm not going to read the whole story, but I'm just going to pull out some verses out of Genesis chapter 6 and perhaps Genesis chapter 7 as well. So Genesis chapter 6, from verse 5, it says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy men whom I created from the face of the earth, both men and beasts, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now you need to understand this is the very first time that the Bible speaks about grace. Now what is grace? Grace is undeserved blessing and undeserved favor. In other words, you cannot work for grace. That's why it is by grace that we are saved. And it's only when we are saved, we are in relationship with God. So grace comes out of a deep relationship with the Father where we can experience undeserved favor and undeserved blessing. It says the earth was evil. It says that there were giants walking on the earth and there was continual violence on the earth. And the Lord looked down and he was sorry. In other words, he grieved that he made mankind. And he decided like, look, I have to get rid of everyone except for Noah, because why? Noah was walking with God. In verse 9 it says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. And so just as Enoch walked with God, Noah also walked with God. What does walk mean? Walking means that you have relationship with God. It means you are with him daily. Now, 
I meet a lot of people as I travel around the world and I go to a lot of conferences and I've got friends from many, many countries and often we meet each other like once a year and we do like, we have relationships, we hang out, we talk and we, we just have fellowship. But it doesn't mean that I walk with them every day. Yet they are my friends, but I don't walk with them every day. But there's other people in my life that I do daily life with. Those are the ones that I journey with, like my family, like people around our ministry. I see them every day. We walk together. Now, that's a deeper relationship than just meeting every now and then. And so Noah had a relationship with God that was deeper than just every now and then. A meeting here and a meeting there, a fellowship here. He walked daily with God. And that's what God desired for us. Because when he created mankind, we learn in Genesis chapter 1 that he walked with Adam and he walked with Eve. In other words, he journeyed with them in the everyday life. And God desires to have the same relationship with you and me. And here we see God found a man that he could walk with. He found a man that he could have relationship with. And Noah being the only man on the face of the earth who wanted to walk with God. And so you've got your father who's looking down at his children and he sees that they become so wicked. And you know what sin is? Sin is an injust to our own bodies. You see, when we sin, we only hurt ourselves. Sin is destroying our own lives. And God is seeing not only is mankind destroying their own lives, but they're destroying one another. And so God is saying that, this cannot continue because God loved his creation so much that he says, like, I need to do something new. I need to start over again with a man. Just as he loved us so much that he didn't destroy the whole world then, 2,000 years ago, but he sent his only son to get destroyed so we all could live with him and in relationship with him. And so, and God said to Noah in verse 13 of Genesis chapter 6, he said, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And then in verse 22 of chapter 6, he says, thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So God is telling Noah, Noah, you need to build an ark as we read the story. And it took Noah 120 years to build that ark. Now, I'm not going to go into specifics of how big the ark is. That's a story for another day. But I want to tell you about 120 days to build an ark. Now you need to understand, God spoke before and he says, mankind will only live 220 years. You know, before they lived like to 900 years, 1,000 years. And because God said like man from now on will only live to 120 years. In other words, God gave mankind a lifetime to repent. How much grace is that? How much love is that? So God could have just created the ark and said, Noah, go into the ark. But God says, I want to be patient with them. I want to be gracious to them. I want to be compassionate with them. So anybody can then come and be saved. But no one wanted to be saved except Noah and his family. So God didn't just do something out of the blue, but he gave them 120 years to repent. And Noah had to wait 120 years to finish the ark. So that's a lot of years. So grandfathers would have sit with their grandchildren and say, like, look at that man. He's been going on for 100 years building that ark. How dumb is he? You know? And so we see the love of God 
towards mankind displayed over 120 years, giving them a chance. And that's how much patience God has with you. And that's how much patience you have with me, that he's always there for us to return back to him. And so God displays his love by Noah building daily and daily and daily. Now, this is what he ought to also wants us in Hebrews to understand when he speaks about Noah. He's not talking about Noah only, but he's also talking about the loving father because it says, and Noah found grace with God, you know, and God was gracious towards everyone. The other thing we see then with Noah is we look with Noah, Noah was a preacher of righteousness, as we learn in 2 Peter. So Noah went around and actually spoke to people. He told them what's about to come. For 120 years, Noah preached what's about to happen. But Noah had to have faith. He needed to understand that God is speaking to Noah about something that has never happened before. We learned before that there's never been rain. The mist come from the ground and it just goes down to the ground. But never have they seen rain. And so what was Noah's message to the people? It's going to rain. What is rain? It comes down from the sky. Never happened before. And so God speaks to Noah. He says, I want you to go chop some trees off. And I want you to build a big boat that's about two football, football fields. Big, as big as two football fields. And it's going to take you a long time. But while you're building it, I want you to warn people. <laughs> I want you to speak to people. And so Noah going around building something out of nothing. Is, is, and you need to understand there's no water near them. He is very far from the ocean. There's not an ocean close to him. And he starts building a boat. And so Noah had to have faith with God. But also Noah had to build with God. Because God told him exactly how to build. And I believe that we are in a building stage with God. We are building in our relationship with God. We are building in our ministry with God. We are building a better world with God. Everything we do, we got to do it with God. And God is calling us to build with Him. And so what are we building? We're building salvation. Every time we preach, we're building salvation. We're calling people into relationship with God. And so Noah had, had to have faith in God. Imagine God comes and he speaks to you and he says to you, I'm going to do something that's never happened before. There's going to be rain. I'm going to flood the earth. And Noah's looking around like every other man and going like, what are you talking about? That takes faith. That takes really trusting God. But that faith can only come out of relationship. You see, our faith in our relationship with God is closely knitted together. Now, Nick asked last week, he says, like, why, do we have, why does faith please God? Let me tell you this. I watch a lot of movies. And I often watch like, movies with families and things like that. And sometimes I have seen children in the movies and I've got imaginary friends. <laughs> Now, I've never had an imaginary friend. That doesn't work in Africa. We can't come home and say, Mommy, yes, my imaginary friend. They'll think you're demon-possessed. It's like, who's the demon you're talking to? So you'll get delivered very quickly. They cast the demon out of you. So we stay away from imaginary friends. But I've seen on TV people with imaginary friends. So the little boy comes home and he says, Mommy, yes, Benny. Look at Benny's laughing. And then the mom plays along. She goes like, hello, Benny. Benny, would you like a cookie? 
Now, I don't know if you've ever had an imaginary friend. Like I said, I wasn't allowed to. In Africa, that's demons, you know. But on TV, they play with the imaginary friend. They talk to the imaginary friend. They even offer the imaginary friend drinks and cookies and lollies. And adults play together with imaginary friends, with their children. That child sees something that no one else can see. That child relates to an imaginary friend that no one else can see. That child has to believe that this imaginary friend exists. But let me tell you, our God is not an imaginary friend. He might be unseen. And God is wanting us to have childlike faith, almost like the imaginary thing. We see him daily. We feel him daily. We understand him daily through his word, even though we don't see it. And so Noah would have walked around with an imaginary friend telling them, he told me it's going to rain. And it's like, who told you? God told me. Please, stay, change your ways. But people refused to change their ways. The generation was wicked. They were evil. They did all kinds of things that never should have happened in their lifetime. But Noah believed God. Now, how do we please God? Why does God want to be pleased? Like I said, like a little child, we've got this childlike faith. You know, as we look at God, to be pleased is to be satisfied, is to be happy. I'm pleased with you. I'm satisfied with you. I'm proud of you. And so in order for us to have a relationship with God, we got to believe he exists to start with. <laughs> and when we believe he exists, God is satisfied because God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with me. So he's going like, ah, it ensues to have faith in me. I'm very pleased with it. Now I can have a relationship with him. So it's without faith. It's impossible to please God. Faith tells us that God exists. Faith tells us that God is here. I don't see him. I don't feel him. But I know he's here. And God is saying, now I can work with you. Now I can work through you. Now I can walk with you. Because you now believe that I exist. And I am so happy. I am so pleased that you believe that I exist. So I can walk with you. And now I can work through you. You see, I was teaching last week on worldview and I said like, God always looks for a man. Before God does something on earth, he's looking for someone. God looked for a man to build an ark 120 years to give people grace, to give them mercy, to be compassionate towards him. And he says like, if I can only find one man that, I can, that I'm pleased with. I can work with that man. And if you want to have faith in God, God will be pleased with you. Because it's only by faith that you can please God. And he can work in you. And he can work through you. Noah was that man in his day that walked with God. Even though the whole world walked a different way. He walked with God. He became ridiculed for building an ark. People looked at him and was like, what silly business is this? This man is building a massive boat in the middle of nowhere. Now, just one thing that you need to understand, that boat had no sails. That boat had no rudder. So Noah, even when he was in the boat, he had to trust God where that boat is going. He couldn't even determine where the boat is going. Noah believed the word of God. And it was the word of God that he believed that saved his life. 
And so when we start believing God's word, we start walking in miracles. Because Jesus says, these signs and wonders will follow you simply as you step out. In other words, he says, you start walking in, in Mark chapter 16. You start walking, you start doing, and things will follow you. You don't wait until you see. Noah didn't wait until the rain came down and then build an ark. He built an ark 120 years before the rain came down. Maybe you've been waiting for God to do something in your life. And maybe it's just six months, maybe it's just a week, maybe it's a couple of years. Imagine 120 years of faithful walking and God does not forget. God is faithful in his word. And I believe that he's faithful today. I believe he was faithful yesterday. And I believe that he will be faithful tomorrow. So whenever, wherever you're walking, keep walking with God. In whatever journey you're walking, you keep walking. You keep trusting God that he is with me. You have faith in his word. No matter what the people tell you around you, no matter how people behave around you, you just got to keep walking and you keep building with God. Whatever you're building, you build and you build and you build. Once you finish building, the rain will come down upon your life. And I want to speak it into your life today, that God, even in the season of COVID, in the season of uncertainty, God's about to rain His grace, His mercy, His miracles, His signs and wonder upon the earth. He's about to show us mighty things that we've never seen before because we're about to come to the end, but we got to keep building. We got to keep looking at Him. We got to keep trusting God's Word and saying, the world might be going to the left, but I'm going to the right. Or the world might be going to the right, but I'm going to the left. In whatever way you are, you keep walking with God. And even if you're in this boat, even if you're night now and you're saying like everything is flooded around me. Trust God. Noah's boat had no sails. Noah's boat had no rudder. He just had to trust God. Wherever that boat's going to stop, that is where it's going to end because he believed in the word of the Lord. The other thing Noah did is, we read the story in Genesis. He sent the first raven out. The raven took off. Then he sent the dove out. The dove came back. And then he sent the dove again. It came back with an olive leaf, olive branch, olive leaf which represents peace right now. He didn't just go out of the ark. Then he sent the dove away again. The dove never came back. So that tells us that he would have known by now he can get out of the ark. But even though he saw maybe, even though he saw with his physical eyes that I can get out of this ark, he waited until God told him, you can get out of the ark. So Noah didn't believe in what he saw. He believed in what he didn't see. He believed in the God that's unseen. So with times when he could have gotten out of the ark, he still waited upon God. That tells us even right from the beginning, the measurements, the type of wood, he did it everything specifically the way God instructed him. And then he loaded those animals up in the ark the way God told him to load them up. And then he waited and he didn't just do things out of his own strength, but he waited until God said, now you can get out. I know you've seen an olive, olive leaf. I know you think the ground is dry, but you got to wait upon me. Now you can get out. And as he obeyed God, God made a covenant with him. And that covenant is still relevant for us today. Let me tell you something. Today we're living in a world where God is looking and is watching us. And he's asking the question, who do we want to walk with? Do we want to work by faith? Do we want to walk with God? 
or do we want to walk on our own? For God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that all who believe in him shall be saved and not perish. So before he had to flood the whole world to save us, 2,000 years ago he sent his son to save us and his body was destroyed so that we can have life. But we got to come to that place of obedience. Noah was obedient to God. And why are we obedient? Because we are his children and he's our father. He is our father and we are his children. Romans chapter 12 says, Do not conform no longer to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. And so God is looking for us to be transformed by the renewing of the mind, where we have faith in God, because the world is speaking to us so many things. The world is going in going so many directions. But God is looking for man and a woman who he can build with, who he can walk with, who he can live through his wondrous grace and mercy and love that he wants to bestow upon us. That's the God that we serve. In this world, just as Noah, Noah didn't just bow, but he preached. He shared with people about God. And that's why Matthew 5 or 16, Jesus says, Let your light shine so others may see and your Father in heaven be glorified. And so he's asking us, shine your light. Let them see the works of God in you and through you. And the Father in heaven be glorified. And just like the Garden of Eden, just like in the days of Enoch, just like in the days of Noah, God is wanting to shine through us. He's wanting to speak through us. And we have to be a voice in this world today more than ever before. Because the world is just as evil today as it was in the days of Noah. But praise God that there are now millions of Christians around the world that can shine their light. Noah was the only man. But today there is you, me and many others, millions of us who can share with the world, who can tell them about the great destruction that's going to come on this world. And God, the Bible said God even delays his return. Jesus, Jesus delays his return. And that's how much grace he has for us. So what can we learn from Noah? Walk with God. Build with God. Be obedient to God. And you will inherit the covenant. I remember some years ago I was in the outback around central Australia. And we were running some revival meetings. And I will never forget that one night when it was lightly drizzling, the rain came down. And when we saw this woman on the side of the road and I was driving the van. And I stopped and I looked at her. It was dark. I said, do you want to come to church with us? And she just stood there. She didn't say a thing, this young girl. I got out of the van and I walked towards her and I said, like, do you want to come to church with us? And she just looked at me. And as I looked, I saw the baby in her hand and asked her, and I could see she's crying by then. And I asked, is everything okay? She says, I'm waiting for the ambulance. And I asked one of the girls who was a nurse on the team to come and have a look at her baby. She said, can you have a look at this baby? And she looked at her baby and says, Etienne, the baby's dead. And I don't know why I said it, but I just felt to be obedient to God. And I asked her again, do you want to come to church with us? And I could see everybody else looking at me, thinking in their mind, are you crazy? The baby is dead and all you're asking this woman, do you want to come to church with us? Now it wasn't about going to church, it was about just being obedient. And I asked her again, do you want to come to church with us? She says, yes. And I said to the girl, give me the baby. And I took the baby in my arms, I prayed for the baby. And I said, God, breathe life back into this baby. This baby came back to life. 
you know, and we saw even greater revivals broke out the next day as people were running towards the church because the baby was resurrected. But what was it all about? It's so uncommon to see a woman with a dead baby and then ask, do you want to come to church with us? I should have rather said, like, I'm going to take you to the, to the hospital. But I was just being obedient to God. And God saved that baby's life. And God saved many, many others' life. We're coming into a time where we have to trust God. And sometimes it looks like it is crazy. I don't understand why I'm doing this. Imagine Noah building an ark in a place where there's no body of water to carry an ark. He doesn't understand. He doesn't even know. He's never seen an ark, a big boat in his life. He's never seen rain in his life. But that is what faith is. Faith draws us to the unseen. Faith draws us to see things like we've never seen before. But faith is so much deeper. Faith is relationship with God. And I believe that the Father is walking on the earth today and He's saying, will you have relationship with me? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, without faith, it's impossible to have relationship with God. So I want to invite you. Let's have relationship with God. Let's go deeper in our faith with God. And how do I go deeper in my faith with God? I start obeying His Word. That's all Noah had to do. Noah just had to obey the Word of the Lord. He just had to walk out in the Word of God. Noah had to share with others about the Word of the Lord. And so he shared with others about Jesus is calling us to share with others about his love. We have to walk in obedience. Even in these days where we found that things are so difficult, God's word has not changed. And I want to say to you, he still loves you. He still cares about you. He is still there for you every single day. And he's still longing to have a deep relationship with you. Our God is a loving father. 120 years he waited for people to turn away from their wickedness. 120 years of patience. Now we've got thousands of years of patience. We say, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. So let's take that mustard seed of faith. And let's place it in God today. I don't know what you believe in God for today. But maybe it's time to renew your faith. To say, God, I'm placing my faith in you again. Noah built 120 years. It took a long time, but he faithfully just built. Faithfully just built. If you've been building in your ministry, if you've been building in your family, if you've been building in your work, in whatever you do, following the word of the Lord, I want to encourage you, keep building. Keep building, but keep looking at the author and the finisher of your faith. Amen. And so, Father, we want to come before you today. And we thank you for your love towards us, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and your kindness, Lord. And Lord, I want to pray for those who've been trusting you. I want to pray for those who've been building and building, Lord. And they say, I've been working so hard, but I don't see any results. I've been toiling the ground, but I don't see any growth. 
I pray that you will renew their faith today, Lord Jesus. I pray that you will comfort and breathe fresh life upon them, Lord. Lord, I want to pray for those who are tired and weary, Father. I pray that you will renew their strength, Father, as they wait upon you today, Lord Jesus. I pray for an outpour of the Holy Spirit, Father, upon their lives in Jesus' name, Lord. Lord, I pray for that one who has never walked with you, who don't know you today, Father. I pray, Father, that you will bring that person into a deep relationship with you today, In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for what you are doing on the earth today. Thank you, Lord, that we are not hopeless, Father, but we have Jesus Christ, Lord, the hope of all nations. And I speak hope, Lord. I speak hope in every situation right now. I speak hope in every life right now, Lord, as people are calling unto you right now, Father. I speak hope in the name of Jesus, Lord. I speak salvation, Lord. I speak deliverance. I speak breakthrough in Jesus' name. We thank you that you are right now working in the midst of us. For you are a working God and you work in us and through us. And so I want to bless each and every one here today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.